You are listening to Work Human Radio, pioneered by Globoforce, bringing more humanity to today's workplaces. You are enjoying our special edition coverage recorded live from Phoenix, Arizona, and Work Human 17. And now, here are today's hosts. All right, good morning and welcome back to Work Human Radio. I'm your host, Todd Schnick. Joined by my friend and colleague, Ray Ann Thorne. Got some good friends in the house, some leaders in this space. Looking we forward do. to this conversation. Every time I turn around, there's an HR superstar sitting in front of us. <laughs> yes, yes, Now there we've got is. two. We have yes. two sitting right in front of us. Well, it's going to be a great conversation. Important <laughs> discussion to have here. We're joined this morning by Tim Sackett. He's the president of HRU Technical Resources. Tim, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. My wife calls it a micro-celebrity. A mm. micro-celebrity. I'm, I'm only really popular with about 14 HR ladies in the world. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. <laughs> I'm going with micro-celebrity. All right. I and like we're it. also joined by Dawn Burke. She's a 20-year trench HR professional and advisor, writer, and speaker on leadership and engagement. Dawn, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I am stoked to be here That's with exciting. two other radio stars there in front go. of us. So You're I, a uh, macro celebrity. That's right. right. You're so not micro. <laughs> no micro here. <laughs> Dawn, very quickly, give us a quick overview of the work that you're out there doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have spent the last 20 years in corporate HR, the last seven in executive HR role. Um, it, it, I'm going through a, a period right now where I said, hey. It's time to get out of that corporate space for a while and actually do a little bit more of these sorts of things. So I'm helping companies uh, with engagement, with workplace culture, um, and uh, just spreading the good word about kind of a new type of HR that people need to start exploring, which obviously Work Human is all about. She's thumping the HR book. Yes, she is. (laughs) is. Tim, uh, share with us uh, about you and your background in the work that you're doing. Yeah, so um, last eight years I've ran um, a company my mother started, HRU Technical Resources. So it's IT, engineering, uh, contracting, staffing type stuff of work. And then I I write and speak and blog constantly. It's like Mm -hmm. another full-time job um, at timsackett.com and Fistful of Talent. So I've been doing that for about the last uh, nine years. Let's let's talk about Fistful of Talent. So I know it's been around for quite a while. And... And I want to know if, if you can run us through a history of Fistful of Talent. How many writers are there now? How has it grown? How has it shrunk and grown, shrunk mm-hmm. and grown? It's, it's gone through certain phases. So sure. tell us a little bit about it. It's weird. Uh, so Chris Dunn is the founder of Fistful of Talent. Um, and he also writes at the HR Capitalist. And he decided, like, hey, you know, this is probably almost 11 years ago, um, 10 years ago. Like, let's have, you know, there's, let's get some of these voices that are out there together in one space and write about HR and, and talent acquisition every single day. And so he kind of did like a, a, a talent show almost, like a call to arms. Like he put a post out there on his own blog and said, hey, I'm looking for writers for this, you know, fistful of talent and let's go out and find some. And the original people that were there is people like Marin Hogan and Jason Seiden and just like these really great kind of HR thought leaders. They all got started blogging at Fistful of Talent. And so now it's about a dozen writers, mm-hmm. both Dawn and I um, write, um, and there's a bunch of others. And, it, it, you know, there's multiple posts that go up every single day. There's video uh, casts, podcasts, like um, the content machine is in full effect at Fistful of Talent. Yeah, and it That's does cover great. a wide swath of HR topics. I mean, it's going to be more along talent acquisition lines, but uh, you have specialists in so many different areas from sourcing to benefits to talent acquisition that it really does bring not only a good group of people where a, an HR pro could go to one site and get a variety of topics, but it's also... It's fun to read. It's a lot more entertaining to read than right. some other workouts. That Is it was the new one. content every day. 
Every yes, day, every, every single day, day. Every multiple. Single day. Okay. Yeah, well, I think and multiple new content. Yeah. Yeah. Multiple new content. Correct. And the hard part was, I think, for Fistful is like, I mean. Chris wanted people that had a little snark to them, right. yeah. you know, a little entertainment. No. <laughs> and so it was really how do we how do we actually educate the audience, but also kind of make fun of ourselves and some of the things we do at the same time. Well, we're here at Work Human, so the whole goal here is to have a general discussion about bringing humanity back to the work- workplace. One of the things that happens to humans is we get burned out. <laughs> And uh, Don, I know that's something that's important to you, and you've actually written about that. Talk about this idea of employee burnout. What's that all about? Oh, sure. Well, I think right now, again, I have been in the HR, corporate HR space for 20 years. And shameless plug, I write for another blog called donhburke.com, which is called Real Life HR. So when we talk about the real life to HR pros and, and everybody, we are in a modern workforce right now that is just killing people. And I use that word literally, not trying to be melodramatic. Uh, we're in an era of constant bombardment of information, which is not always a bad thing, but people are not knowing how to read the information properly. It's a merger and acquisition uh, era. Would you agree, Tim? Yeah, for sure. It's mm-hmm. really all about the short play these days and not so much the long-term play within four walls of an organization. So people are being bombarded in ways that they just never were in the past. Um, so what I've seen as a professional, I'm seeing burnout being very, very real and and chronic and a bit of an epidemic. So uh, when you're talking about bringing humanity to the workplace, I don't think we ever can say that we have control of changing this new uh, environment, but we have to be able to recognize that burnout's a real thing and how do we as leaders come in and actually make this the people's reality a livable one. Right. Yeah, my wife calls it the seven-year itch. Like she always like about every six or seven years, you get you start to get bored. And for me, it's not, I don't know if it's necessarily a, a, it's, a, it's a type of burnout. Oh, it's absolutely because, a type of burnout. You know, as leaders, we get bored in what we're doing because it's like the same thing. Like we keep seeing the same stuff over and over and over again. It's like, how are we going to get through this? And eventually, you go, look, we're ninety-five percent of the way there, but. Am I really going to put in that extra effort to get that last 5% we yeah. need? Or is, that, is, the, is the value going to be there to do that for how much I have to put in just to get to 100%? Mm-hmm. And you tend to go, no, done. And, and I call it, I, uh, I try to be a day one HR leader. Um, and this is from Jeff Bezos at Amazon, which is, remember that first day you started the job? Yeah. And all those hopes and dreams and passions and everything you could get done. And all of a sudden, one day you wake up and it's day two. And now you're complacent. And now you're kind of like, ah. Uh, sounds a little bit I'm, like marriage. Yeah. <laughs> a little touch. And can you imagine if we all just every single day came to work like it was our first day again? Right. Like that would be so cool. How do, you, how do you do that? How do you achieve that? Well, first of all, I think that people have to really get real with the fact that this is a, a real it's a thing a thing it's like don't ignore it yeah. don't keep piling stuff up a lot of people are afraid to say when they are exhausted or burnout number two we're also talking about when we say burnout it's not just oh I had a long day and I'll get over it tomorrow we're talking chronic fatigue chronic stress um, so we have to create work environments where people are okay saying hey leader I, I'm, I'm struggling here's why what can we do if we don't create an environment in which people feel they have the trust to say those sorts of things then it really it's going to kind of be dead in the water would you agree Timmy mm-hmm. yeah so I think you need to do those things um, and I do believe leaders I know this sounds simple but I'm real simple solutions usually are the best ones yep. make sure your people take their vacation <laughs> to me the number one thing 
honest to God, right. I'm not even kidding. To me, the biggest sign of a great leader is they protect their team's vacation, their personal time, and their personal space. If they don't protect those things and constantly, hey, we got a great benefit for you day one, you're going to get five weeks of vacation this year, but they can only possibly take one damn week of it, then boo, hiss. Yeah. So right. No, I was just talking with somebody on the floor um, that's here at Work Human, and, and she was like, God, the first time she's been here, and this is my third time, so I've been at all three, and, and she was like, God, this is really different. Like, it's a lot of touchy-feely positivity, mm-hmm. um, and I go, you know, it's personal development. It's not one of those conferences you're going to go to and immediately go, oh, I can't wait to get back and change my environment, but I'm going to come back so much more energized yes. and, you know, just renewed and trying to get back to that day one, which I think sometimes you start day one, you get to day two, sometimes maybe day three or four, <laughs> we decide, hey, screw it, I'm out of here, I can't do this anymore. And to try to get back to day one, for me, is all about leaders understanding and giving some real clear direction of, hey, this is where we need to get to and, this, and how we're going to get there. And you're, you're a part of that plan and showing us where we're a part of that plan. Because so few don't. And then you're just kind of like, I don't even know where I fit anymore. And so I'm going to go fit someplace else. And I'll tell you what's interesting when I've, when I've kind of looked at, at burnout. There are different types of burnout. I mean, we all definitely are familiar with the chronic fatigue, I'm sure. tired, exhausted, that sort of thing. But then there's also the I'm bored. And that is a very clear one. And another one is I'm being ignored. Hmm. When people Give me something feel, to do. If people feel ignored, if people feel as though they're working hard but they're not getting recognized for it, if they feel as though they have ideas and ways they want to contribute but nobody will listen to them, if they feel that they have a lots of opportunities to do things but this place isn't allowing me to do it, that burns people out very, very quickly and that burns out their spirit probably more than anything. Probably more than anything. Right. So you need to be able to, how do you how do you stop that? Well, you have to have a relationship with the person they're actually working with or for. Oh, that's how it works. Well, you know. <laughs> well, it's, know. Not, it's not complicated. See, it it's is just like it's marriage. Not, it's just like marriage. It's not complicated. <laughs> um, but I know when I went, I'd love to hear your stories on this, Tim. I, when I, I, I definitely have gone through cycles of, of burnout. Um I like burning the candle at both ends. I like doing work. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of it's self-inflicted. Workaholic. It just is. Workaholic, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. I like doing it, but then there's a tipping point. But some of the things, I, the, my signs and symptoms are I lose my memory. I, I, can't rem- <laughs> I can't remember anything. Can we cuss on this radio show? I'm yeah. not sure we can. <laughs> I can't remember anything. Like, I will leave coffee on the top of my car. My husband will ask me the same question seven times. It used to be right. kind of cute, but then it, then it wasn't cute. Um, I get real snappy. Mm-hmm. Shocker! Really? I snap it. <laughs> I, I tend to overcommit and miss commitments, right? Yes, like yeah, you, get, you get so yeah, yeah. Like I'm like, sure. oh my gosh, I forgot I had that call today. You yeah. know, and you're like, I'm not even prepared already. Yeah. Absolutely. And okay. we and we don't rely on the the reminders that we have. Oh yeah. No. We don't know that I have it on my calendar. Why didn't I keep that in front of me? <laughs> oh, so. How important is understanding the why of the organization and the mission and the purpose and the, and the and the shared vision of where we're trying to build and change the world? How much does that feed into? I mean, if you're working for an organization, you're not sure what your purpose is and why you're really there. Yeah, I can see where burnout becomes a bigger issue. I mean, if you if you're inspired by what your organization's trying to achieve, doesn't that feed in and help solve this problem to some well, extent? And I think it's it's knowing the why, but it's knowing where you fit in the why. Yeah. Is, and that's the, that's the hard part. I think organizations have gotten better over the last decade or so about saying, hey, we need to really let our people know the why of the organization because they want to work for an organization that's going to make a difference. But then they miss the fact of how does every single individual from the male person to the you know, senior executives, where they fit within that why, 
that's really hard. And it takes a lot of work, I mean, from an HR professional level. Oh, yeah. Now, I mean, knowing the purpose and the mission is critical because it helps you set boundaries around, what, around what's important and what's not important. What, again, is hard is where do I fit in? Also, if you're not seeing your leaders model the why or the mission or the purpose, uh, then that leads you even to this, this more nebulous place of, well, really, what am I doing? doing here? Is the right. purpose really this thing on the wall? Or is the purpose really that we're going to flip for a new equity partner? Both purposes are great, but we need to get real with what those purposes are. But yes, knowing the purpose is cri critical because it helps you just focus and set some boundaries for sure. When you, when you think about 10 years ago when we first started, all of us first started writing <laughs> in the space, right? And there was this argument, HR has nothing to do with recruiting. We don't have anything to do with each other, you know? And, and I'm in the trenches, a recruiter thinking, it's important that I hire the right person and HR better take care of them so that they stay. We're spending so much time, so many resources to hire the right pair people. We need to align those goals so that the people that are taking care of the new hires stay, right? right. We hang on to the quality that we hire. So when you think about that, are, are, we, are we crossing a chasm away from their two separate things by calling them talent acquisition <laughs> and talent management so now we can play nicely together and realize that um, retention is part of a recruiter's responsibility or a hiring manager's responsibility or a talent acquisition leader's responsibility mm -hmm. in order for talent um, management and HR, personnel, whatever it's being called in sure. your organization, or just the hiring manager, the manager in that department, are we able to have that conversation now and say, yeah, we, we recognize that retention is a big deal. It is a big part of hiring. So I, I get to consult with a lot of TA leaders, HR leaders, and one of the things I always say is from a TA leadership side, from the measurement, I want the recruiters to be um, measured on retention because, and, and we always throw it over to the Not HR. time to hire. Not we, we time always, to hire. We always, quality I know, hire. We always throw it over to the HR side, and then HR is like, okay, yeah, retention. But the, the problem is, is every person we lose, it goes back to the TA team for more work. And I'm thinking if, you're, if, you're, if your TA team or talent management team and all that to combine actually owns retention, they're going to do everything they can not to lose a person. Right. Because it means they don't have to fill that position. And that becomes the best TA, right? And that's, you know, when you, don't ha when you have actually have the capacity to go out and find real great people. And so, so many times there's that, like, that light bulb pops on. And they're like, oh, my gosh. Like, we didn't even think about that. Like, we've always had our managers that they were responsible for retention. But, mm -hmm. then, but then talent acquisition had nothing to do with it. And I'm like, no, that's... That's the end game, right? Hire great people and the keep same them. Thing. Why exactly. are we all the same? Why are yeah, we arguing about for this? Sure. It seems so silly. So, when uh, when you come to a conference like this, and we go to conferences, wave at each other as we pass in the hallway. Some of us are presenting. Some of us are running to catch as many as possible, and do the swag grab as we run <laughs> through the, the expo hall. Um, what what is the your purpose, your expectation when you go to an event like this? Well, a couple of things. Number one, definitely to network with people. Because when you're particularly at an event like this, even the most introverted people, I believe, is given opportunities to connect and commiserate. Right. And, and to me, that is very refreshing. Um, so when I come to a conference like this, I, I do want to meet people and understand more about what they do in their lives and their work. Number two, um, definitely have an expectation of being able to 
have some takeaways from phenomenal speakers. Um, ones that who that can actually deliver. Ones that actually make me stand up and go, oh, that was exciting. And where I don't necessarily have to go back and change my whole entire organization with everything I've heard, learned here, but maybe there's one or two nuggets of self-improvement that I think is going, going to be a, to a much difference. bigger ROI right. than mm-hmm. me going back with a nugget and saying, now we have to implement this to the whole organization. So those are a couple of things. Yeah, I definitely want to be refreshed and uh, energized when I come out. I mean, in challenge. So yeah. like every time I come, I'm looking at what other people are doing going, oh, I can't wait to get back and do that in my own organization. Yeah. So it's, it's always ta- taking something uh, from that. Let me ask each of you one. Uh, we're r- running low on time. One final question. So uh, I'll ask each of you to share your opinion. I'll start with you, Tim. Uh, what's the next big challenge? What's the most important challenge HR can do to bring humanity back to the workplace? Oh, it's, uh, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I think for me, um, again, it's it, it's aligning um, our true transparent culture with those people who actually that bring in. I think so much of employment branding is blown up on recruitment marketing, and we're selling a picture of ourselves that's not true. Um, thus, we're actually attracting a group of people that don't truly align to the culture we have. So it's, it's, it's getting us to a point where from an employment branding, recruitment marketing side, that we can actually show, hey, this is who we truly are. And our scars and our hickeys and all those bad things, <laughs> along with the good things. Did I say hickey on the right? <laughs> yes, sorry. Did. And but you're going to find people that actually will be okay with that, and those those are going to be the great fits for us. Mm-hmm. Don, any comments? Um, yeah. Well, when we're talking about the next thing in HR, is you know, I, this is going to piggyback a little bit about what you were just saying a minute ago, Ann. But HR's role has shifted a lot. I don't necessarily think it is HR's role to own retention. I don't necessarily think it's HR's role to own the culture. I think what HR is finding out is their role is to be the subject matter expert, be a thought leader in bringing new concepts and ideas. They're the ones who are going to champion getting real-time feedback, data, et cetera, so that they can then ensure all the people around them, the hiring managers, the CEO or whatnot, the people who really do have the ability to control those things, have all of the tools, resources, and how I'll be the counselor to them as well to make sure that they're able to do those things. Um, That is what I'm seeing is really the value prop of HR these days. Um, And that does then cross into everything y'all just said then. But then you've got to give people your time and you've got to give people your attention. So it's going to be less about the number crunching. It's going to be less about the how are we going to not get sued. And it's going to really be more about these sorts of things we're doing right, right. around this table. Right. All right. Well, guys, uh, sadly, we are about out of time. <laughs> well, we could talk for hours on a number of <laughs> topics. Sure uh, grateful for you swinging by and sharing some, some thoughts with us. Uh, uh, before I let you all go, I do want to ask you, uh, so Tim, uh, should anyone want to contact you, have any questions, or learn about your work, or how do they find you? They can Google Tim Sackett. I'm like the first 120 pages. Um, there's, there's a Tim Sackett truck driver chaplain. I'm not the truck driver chaplain. I'm, the, I'm the, all the other Tim Sacketts. All right. So and that Don. could be your next career when you get burned out as Tim, Tim Sackett, the HR guy. Right? Oh, well, that's hilarious. I didn't know that. I'm going to Google you right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, you can yeah, contact me. me. I'm me uh, Dawn H. Burke is my Twitter handle. Of course, I'm on the interwebs on Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, I'm also, a lot of people know me as Dawn Hardlicka Burke. That's a hyphenated name. It's a real name. But let me spell it for all the good listeners. H. R. as in Roger. D. as in David. L. as in Larry. I. C. as in Cat. A. Hyphen Burke. If you Can Google I that, buy a vowel, please? And there, there's supposed to be a there, vowel. There's the supposed to thing. be a vowel in there. If you Google that, then I'm all over the place. Of course, LinkedIn. Um, and 
uh, Fistful of Talent and DawnHBurke.com. All right, Tim Saget, the president of HRU Technical Resources and Don Burke, 20-year trench HR professional and advisor, writer, speaker on leadership <laughs> and engagement. Good Lord. You did great. We, did, we just ran out. We just ran out of, just ran out of tape. He literally is like, I have no more room on my paper. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, thank you. Again, thanks for thank having you. us. This thanks, is great. guys. All Bye, right. All the time we have for now. Todd and Rand signing off from Phoenix. We'll see you again soon on Work Human Radio. Work Human Radio is brought to you by Globoforce, pioneers of the work human movement. Globoforce helps make work more human for millions of people and organizations worldwide. Learn more by visiting Globoforce.com and join the work human movement by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and the Work Human Community Forum on LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening to Work Human Radio.